Hey, this is Evan Mark Katz, dating coach for smart, strong, successful women, your personal trainer for love. Welcome back to the Love You Podcast. Keep listening to learn why high-achieving women struggle with feminine energy. Men, when we're done, I'll let you know how you could apply to Love You to create a relationship that makes you feel safe, heard, and understood. Uh, and before we get started, this is your last chance to enroll in Believe in Love Bootcamp. This is something that I'm super jazzed by, and it is coming up imminently. If you're tired of dating men who have uh, failed to love you like you deserve, if you're afraid of being vulnerable since every man you've ever met has disappointed you, if you are on the verge and teeter on giving up on men and dating instead of persevering to find Mr. Right, join me to break through your fear and uh, learn to make love inevitable. And uh, I do mean inevitable. In Believe in Love Bootcamp, I will share my easy seven-step process to letting go of the past, embracing the present, and dating with confidence in a small group coaching setting. It is a one-day intensive training. It takes place on Saturday, August 5th, like tomorrow. And uh, it's designed to get you unstuck and jumpstart your love life. Go to evanmarkatz.com forward slash bootcamp. Register for the event before it is too late. I don't know if I'm ever doing this again. Today's Love You Insight uh Everything I ever do, by the way, comes up from something that I'm doing in coaching. So everything I'm sharing with you is something that came up during a coaching call that got my wheels spinning. And I wrote it down on a little post-it note. And I said, this would be useful to put on a podcast one day. I never make anything up. I never go on to other people's social media channels and pour through it to find something that I could copy. I know that's the most common way other people do it. I know other people do it to me. Uh, but everything that we talk about here on the Love You Podcast is something that is happening right now in real life with real people who are just like you. So let me tell you a little bit more about the demographic of my clients. Not to sound too much like a businessman, but when you are running a small business for 20 years, you can't help but notice who the people are who uh, invest in themselves and this is who they are. I could do it off the top of my head, but I got notes here anyway. Generally, don't get women in their 20s. Uh, I would love to be able to help women in the 20s. Uh, I can't tell you how many women have come to me and say, I wish I heard of you before my uh, life got a lot harder and I was a lot older, but I'm glad to find you now. But in general, women don't come to me until they're in some sort of crisis and you're not really in too much of a dating crisis when you're in your 20s. People tend to come to me when they reach 30 more intensely in their late 30s when they look at their life and say, hmm, I really wanted to fall in love and get married and start a family and now my back's against the wall and the clock is ticking. That's usually when people reach out to yours truly. And then there's the people who are on the other side of it. The person who married the wrong person in their 20s and 30s and got divorced Maybe they were 40 or 50 or 60 or 70, and they're trying to figure out how to date in the 21st century in a world of phones and texting and apps and competition and hookup culture and ghosting. And my job is to help those people navigate. Almost all of my clients are college-educated six-figure earners, 
independent, have high standards for men based on looks and education and income, uh, what they're looking for in a man, what they're attracted to in a man, what they respect in a man is pretty high quality indeed. They're generally looking for a man who's a lot like them. Uh, but they tend to, ironically, have low standards for how they are treated by men as long as the man meets the, the qualifications. If any of that resonates with you, um, well, you're in the right place. I'm not trying to convince you to hire me. I'm just letting you know that's why you're listening is the only people I talk to every day are women who are like you, who are, have a lot of confidence in one arena and struggle in this other arena. And they're looking for a new way to date because whatever they're doing on their own isn't working. And demographically, uh, my clients, and not surprisingly, tend to reflect me a little bit. They tend to be somewhat liberal, uh, tend to be open to personal growth, tend to believe in female empowerment, uh, equality between the sexes, certainly equality and opportunity between the sexes. And so it's not terribly surprising when I find myself wanting to be friends with my clients or getting along really well with my clients. They're my, my people. And because of that, you're faced with a real dilemma. And 90% of guys off the bat are definitely not right for you. So how do we choose among the 10%? And who are the 10%? Is it the tallest, richest, hottest guys? Uh, or is it the nicest, most consistent, sensitive guys? So that brings us to today's uh, theme about high-achieving women and their ambivalence towards uh, feminine energy guys. Back in my second book, which is called Why You're Still Single, Things Your Friends Would Tell You If You Promise Not to Get Mad, no need to go out and buy it. I've done better work since then, but it is available on Amazon. I will get a maybe a quarter if you buy it. In Why You're Still Single, um, I had this very simplistic theory that I think still holds water 17 years later. It's It basically divides the world into two subsets of men. And clearly the world is a lot more complex. I spent a lot of time arguing on this podcast that the world is more complex and gray than that. But women often put men into two, category, two categories. There's the Marlboro man. Um, he's the alpha male. He's independent. Uh, he takes control. He is strong. You look up to him. You're attracted to him. He's a leader. And there's great things about the Marlboro Man. Um, there's one big downside to the Marlboro Man. He doesn't want to talk about his feelings. He doesn't really want to listen to yours. He definitely doesn't want to be told what to do. His first concern is pleasing himself and not pleasing you. He's a man who goes his own way in the literal sense. And then there's the sensitive artist. And he doesn't have the same characteristics necessarily as the Marlboro Man. He may be cute. He may be bright. But he more functions like your best girlfriend. He's the person who you could pour out your heart to and he'd really be there for you and he'll listen to you and you'll feel really connected to him and you'll know how he feels because he shares how he feels. But part of being with someone who shares how they feel is the opposite of the stoicism and the internalness <laughs> of the Marlboro Man. This guy is going to be a little bit more of uh, an emotional roller coaster. You're going to see his vulnerabilities. You're going to have to care for him in a different way. Uh, because he's a little more vulnerable. He's a little bit perhaps more like a woman, and this is what we mean by feminine energy men. And so all I'm here to point out is that there's not a right answer. I'm not telling you who to date. 
I have feelings about it. I could nudge you in a direction, but I'm not telling you who to date. What I would point out is that waiting for the Marlboro Man to become a sensitive artist is a waste of your time, and waiting for the sensitive artist to become a Marlboro Man is a, is a waste of time. They're different people. Right. Now, there's a whole spectrum of behaviors in between those two things. It's hard to feel emotionally connected and safe with a Marlboro man, right? And then it's hard to feel attractive and womanly if you have to take care of this needy guy who suddenly you've become like his mother. That's not the thing that inspires uh, attraction or respect in you. So we're really looking in this narrow bandwidth of men between these two poles. It's the only place to be, in my opinion, is between those two poles. Men who are attractive and masculine enough to inspire some level of desire in you, and feminine enough, and that is a word I use consciously, to be good partners. You need someone who is classically feminine and listens and is supportive and puts your needs first and does a lot of yes, dear. All right. Someone who is selfless, self-sacrificial, attentive to your emotional cues, prioritizes your needs. And that's not an option in a relationship. You need a guy who naturally does it, not a guy you have to be like, hey, Brad, I haven't heard from you in a week. Right? Like That's not the relationship you want to be in. The guy who's not attentive to you can't make you happy, no matter how attractive, attractive he is, successful he is strong he is, etc. So I'm already you know, nudging here that this guy, it's almost impossible to be in a great relationship with someone who's so emotionally out of touch. As much as we want him to be, that's not who he is. Finding a guy slightly on this side of the spectrum is a better bet, but you don't want to go too far. But here's where things get interesting. You know everything I just said to you. Right, nothing I said is a surprise. You've observed it out in nature. And right, I'm just, my podcast is usually explaining, maybe maybe simplifying stuff that is complex out in nature, but you've seen this phenomenon. Oh, this is a nice guy. He's immediately in the friend zone. Or I can't help it. I wish I was attracted to him, but I'm not. Right, and then all the guys you're attracted to treat you poorly, are unstable, not willing to compromise, not willing to commit, don't make you feel safe, heard, and understood. And so then you'd say, there's no guys out there. There are. You keep choosing guys in these portions of the bell curve. So if we're saying, I need a guy I can feel emotionally connected to, guys who are sensitive to your needs, guys who do talk about their problems, realize there are things you could put up with that, with that guy that you can handle on your own. All right. It's not ideal. If I were to draw the ideal man, he would be both. He's not a real person, but he would be both things simultaneously. But the real people involve trade-offs. So you can have a man who is successful, intelligent, good in bed, physically appealing, who also shares his feelings and is sometimes weak and vulnerable and might talk about his problems to you. He might not be able to fix things around the house like the dream guy who's handy and could build stuff. He might occasionally lack confidence in certain work situations or social situations. Right? But that's okay. You know why? Because you do too. This is part of being human. So that's sort of where the irony comes in is that 
all of my clients, the women I mentioned, smart, strong, successful women, college-educated, six-figure earners, 35 to 70 years old, roughly, have the exact same traits as the man that I'm talking about right now, the man I'm recommending right now. And these clients don't want men judging them for either their prototypically feminine traits, which maybe is talking about their feelings or needing help or support, the right to be emotional. They don't want to be judged for that. And they don't want to be judged for their masculine traits. My clients, they don't want to be judged for their advanced degree or for their competence in planning international travel or their ability to renovate a home or their big brains or their salaries or their strong opinions. You don't want to be judged for your masculine traits and nice guys don't want to be judged for being sensitive, right? Sensitive themselves or sensitive to your needs. It's not a sign of weakness per se. So can you, and I know the answer to this, I trust you do too. Can you be a feminist who has masculine energy? Masculine energy as we define it is about self, me, my ideas, my ambitions, my opinions, right? And it's not bad. We need masculine energy. That's what allows you to kill it in the real world. So can you be a feminist with masculine energy who judges men for having feminine energy? And if you can, don't you see the irony in that? Right. And this becomes even more complicated when we layer in modern masculinity, which a lot of people just read as completely toxic. Right. Everything a man does... Uh, that's not what a woman would do in that situation is somewhat toxic or can be branded as toxic. So what does that even leave for men? We're judged if we're sensitive like women and are deferential to you and your needs. What do you want to do tonight, honey? Instead of I'm a man with the plan, women like the man with the plan. What do you want to do? I right. could get the guy kicked to the curb. Oh, sure. Let's split the t check. And get a guy kicked to the curb. <laughs> All right. So if we're too feminine, we can get kicked to the curb. If we're too masculine, we could easily lapse into toxic masculinity because no one can be able to define it. Guy makes a move that's too aggressive on the first date. She might say that's, uh, that is uncalled for. So again, I'm not saying, you know, cry for men. I'm just pointing out the many internal contradictions of 21st century dating. And if you tell the guy that being aggressive or conventionally masculine, which is part of what it is, the guy will call some plans and makes the first move. If that is no good, how could he proceed with any confidence and leadership if whatever he does is going to be second guests? Right. All he's left with is, so what do you want to do, honey? Right. Trying to please you, ideally, and not get himself in trouble. Be very respectful. So it's a bit of a dance. And when you find guys who get pushed into their feminine too much, now you're confused. He's not following up on the date. That happened just today. Someone posted in the Love Your Facebook group. Right? She wanted to find out why he didn't uh, why he didn't follow up. I said, reach out to him. Just find out. Like you're not asking him out. Just find out what happened. The guy says, I I didn't know that you liked me. Right? This is sort of what happens. Guys play it very very safe. Right? Women don't give any signals, and so now it's this sort of stalemate where men are afraid of being conventionally masculine. Right? They're afraid of being conventionally feminine, 
and women are in the same position. And so it's just, we're not really embracing our truest selves here when we're so paralyzed by what everybody thinks. So you don't want guys who don't follow up after dates. You don't want guys who don't pick up the check. You don't want guys who don't make the move. So let's try not to penalize guys for being that way. Right. If you're dating a guy for six weeks who's not escalating, you may have a guy who's not interested, or you might have a beta guy who doesn't have confidence that you're going to say yes. So in general, I know I've gone in circles a little bit, you want to encourage healthy masculine behavior that is respectful of women and embrace when a man is in touch with his sensitive, nurturing, vulnerable side, since those things are going to make him a more empathetic and understanding partner. I don't know. I'm just close on this. If, if you all saw the second season of White Lotus on HBO, couldn't fully encapsulate it, but uh, one of the plot lines had to do with a family of men. The older, the, the patriarch of the family, the grandfather, uh, was a, you know, 1960s, 70s horn dog. No rules apply. A man can do whatever he wants, cheat whenever he wants, keep a person on the side. His son got some of that message and looks down on his dad. And so he's in a marriage that would look like a decent marriage, but he is guiltily uh, a serial cheater. He does it with conscience, which makes him better than his dad, worse than his dad. We're not really sure. And then there's the son in this relationship who sees his dad and his grandfather. He's disgusted by them. And he would probably be um, what would be termed uh, a, a woke um, Gen Z person right now goes to Stanford, very, very respectful of women, affirmative consent. And once again, this is supposed to be an example of modern men and what they've learned to do right. And there's a plot line in which he goes out with a, a woman and she, she's like, and they're on a vacation in Italy and she's not finding him attractive because he's so feminine and respectful and she ends up going for a guy who's really kind of disgusting. And again, this is this is a show that in fiction points out the contradictions and ironies of all of this. So as I said, I'm not trying to advocate for men to return to Neanderthal caveman times. I'm certainly not advocating for women to turn to being homemakers. It's that there is a lane for both men and women of being masculine and feminine. And if you're in your masculine out in the world and you should be, and that's why you earn six figures and that's why you've done amazing things in your life, please try not to judge guys for being in their feminine and being more uh, sensitive than their fathers were before them uh, out of deference to be a better partner. I try to be a better partner than my dad was. My dad was a workaholic who was gone for 12 hours a day. And my mom would say, David, come home for for work to you know to early so we could have dinner together. No, I'm doing this for you. I'm making money for you. It was tension in my parents' marriage. And I said, I want to be just like my dad as a father, but I want to be more present. Right. So I think there's a lot of guys who are trying to figure out what it looks like to be the best version of them for themselves and for you. And I would lean a little more to the sensitive artist guys as long as they got their shit together than the selfish stoic guys where no matter what he does, no matter how attracted you are, you never feel like you could relax. You never know when the other shoe is going to drop. End of rant. Um, brief small win. Love you small wins are always the things that we celebrate with uh, the clients who are in love you every week. We start off every Tuesday night coaching call with 
a bunch of women raising their hands and sharing the good thing that happened in their love life. Every week I get like a dozen of them. This week I'm just going to talk about Kelly. She's in her 30s and she said, I decided to follow my heart and pursue a man I have feelings for. Um, when I wrote this podcast, what I didn't know was that this relationship that Kelly ended up pursuing, and by pursuing, I mean she didn't pursue him. He was already interested in her, but she was agreeing to say yes, um, has really turned serious. It's like actually worked out. She, she emailed me this morning, so I couldn't be more excited for Kelly for allowing love in. And what I know that you don't is that it came in a different package than she was looking for. He's not the the man she was exactly looking for online, but he's been so good to her that it's really turned serious relatively quickly. And so, um, yeah, let love in and listen to your feelings. They don't lie. Uh, now for my recommended read of the week. I don't know how I stumbled upon this. It's on uh, mariaspasova.com. Uh, and I'm just going to go through this list. It's about feminine men. And it's more like a checklist, like, are you dating a feminine energy man? And I don't know if I'm going to comment on it or criticize it. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I did copy it down because I thought it was such interesting reading. If you go to the show notes, if you go to the blog, uh, if you go to the links in YouTube, you could link to this and see it in full. Um, but I thought there was something interesting here and thematic to what we're talking about today. So here's what we learn about uh, or what this woman deems feminine energy men. He's not the main financial provider, nor a provider for your well-being, safety, comfort, and pleasure. I would agree to the first part. Um, feminine energy guy might not ever you know, be the guy who's running the company, um, but he can certainly take care of you emotionally in terms of safety, comfort, and pleasure. Uh, I think it's a bit harsh, but maybe we're just looking for generalizations and it's possible if a guy is not the leader, it might be harder for him to say, hey, I've planned us a nice family vacation and it's all paid for by me. And maybe that's the kind of comfort and pleasure that she's talking about. He's very comfortable receiving and allowing you to take the lead. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And again, I don't, I don't, I think for women who are comfortably in their masculine energy, that's not necessarily a bad thing. One of the conundrums of being a masculine energy, uh, confident woman is that you want a guy who's more masculine than you are. So you're 75% masculine. You want a guy who's 90% masculine. And now there's a lot of masculine energy, right? a lot of people gripping the steering wheel, a lot of people negotiating decisions and no one's the easygoing person who says it's okay do what you want. Uh, and that's part of the hard part is a lot of masculine energy. Women men want men to take the lead and be that guy, but then they want the right to have veto power. Sure, I want a man with a plan, but I want the right to veto the plan, right? And if you keep on vetoing his plans and telling him what he's doing wrong, then any guy with any sense is going to be like, well, why don't you just make the plan? This is how we get tied up in knots. But yes, indeed, feminine energy men are comfortable receiving and allowing you to take the lead. And I know why that's very frustrating. Uh, I like more egalitarian relationships where people lead in different ways in their relationship. Uh, next, he doesn't have a sense of purpose, whether it's his career or something he's doing on the side. I think that might be a little bit, probably also a little harsher than it means because we could almost flip the genders. You're basically saying that women, right? If he's feminine energy, it's saying that women don't have a sense of purpose with their career if they're in their feminine energy. It might not, it might mean they're not as ambitious, but that doesn't mean they have no purpose. Maybe his purpose is to be a good husband and father. And the job he has is just the thing that makes him money. It doesn't have to necessarily have an ambition to be a great 
husband and father. Again, I'm playing devil's advocate, but he doesn't have a sense of purpose. Almost implies that the only purpose you have on the planet is to be ambitious. And I don't know that's always the case. He requires more emotional support than you. Emotions affect his behavior. Um, sure. Yeah. Uh, well, he may or may not require more emotional support than you, but he will require emotional support because he's revealing that he's a human being with feelings, not a uh, robot who exists to <laughs> make money and hang out with the bros. So um, a guy who requires some emotional support makes him a human being. If it's draining, if it's all about propping up this poor guy, well, you shouldn't be in a relationship with someone who's draining. It's never the case. I'm never advocating for that. I'm advocating for guys with feelings, not for guys who are emotional messes. I hope that's clear. He needs a lot of attention and you need to make sure that he feels seen and validated. Validated? Yeah. I also think that that's something that everybody should have in a relationship. Um, I would hate to be in a relationship with a partner where I don't feel seen and validated. Part of, you know, love you teachings on being a great girlfriend is making a man feel accepted, appreciated, and admired. And that's for masculine men. Want to be accepted, appreciated, and admired instead of ignored and micromanaged and criticized. So um, the greatest gift you can give to a man, whether you know it or not, is your attention. And I don't think that has anything to do with feminine energy. I guess there's probably some uber masculine guy who literally doesn't care about you, doesn't need to see you more than once every two weeks, right? That's extreme independence. But I think you want a guy who wants to see you more. There's something that's beautiful in what I would call codependence. It has a negative ring from therapists, but my wife and I are beautifully codependent upon each other. We, we love spending time together. Uh, I wouldn't have it any other way. I, I don't know anybody who's got a stronger marriage because we both lean into the relationship. It doesn't mean we don't have separate friends or separate hobbies or separate lives, but man, um, I wouldn't want to think of a life without her. And uh, I feel like that's the apex of what you could look for in a relationship. In his presence, you don't feel that you could relax nor surrender. Interesting. Interesting choice of words. I understand how a masculine man would allow you to surrender to his decision-making, to his dominance, and there's a feeling of femininity with that. But there's the other thing about relaxing. Um, a lot of women that I've worked with have chosen guys who are rich and gorgeous and charismatic, and they've never been able to relax because they don't trust him, and his word is unreliable and he doesn't keep in touch, and he's inconsistent, and he has communication issues. So are you really relaxed just because you're with an alpha? Can you really let down your guard and be your best self and know that you're going to be okay? Is it possible that a person who takes care of you emotionally better and is more attuned to your emotional needs, as all studies show, the best husbands are the ones who help out with housework and child rearing and are attuned to your emotional needs? So... Maybe you might not surrender to the guy with feminine energy, but you might be more relaxed around him. You might be more yourself around him the way you are around your best girlfriend. And that might be worth more than you think it is. You don't trust his lead. You're the one who's making most of the decisions. Certainly with a guy who's far on that other end of the spectrum, uh, the answer to that is yes. But the flip side is you get to make most of the decisions. It's not inherently bad uh, being the person who makes most of the decisions unless you have decision-making fatigue. 
Uh, and then you, you feel you need to be in control and do the important things yourself. And I know why that is exhausting for a subset of women who literally don't trust their guy to be able to do anything. He's like a child, not recommending you date a child. I'm recommending you date a guy who's in this middle lane, who has a normal job, who has his own friends, who has his own hobbies, but he's fundamentally nice and relationship oriented. So every time I'm pushing this way, I want to just remind you, I'm not pushing you all the way this way. What we're talking about is a mixed bag. If you're in your feminine, right? If you could turn off that thing that makes you the superstar at work, right? It allows guys, even guys on this side, to step into their masculine. And if you're doing everything yourself, right? I'm so independent. I'm so busy. Uh, yeah, Jeff, I, I've got no time for you this week. But you know, when I come back from my two week safari, um, you know, text me and I'll see if I've got an hour for you. If you're so busy, he's not going to feel terribly needed. And how could a guy lead? How could a guy be in his masculine when he's sitting around waiting for you to respond to him because you're so busy and important and full? And so there's this, again, there's this slice here, right? You can't let a guy lead, or if you won't let a guy lead, if you won't let a guy make decisions, if you don't step into your feminine, it almost becomes impossible for any guy to be the man that you want him to be. So the best bet in Love You is what we call the nice guy with balls. You respect him. He's independent. He makes decisions for himself. You don't have to babysit him or micromanage him, but he's fundamentally a kind, trusting human being who might just have his own emotions like you do, but he wants to take care of yours too. Yes, good. I've just given you the whole theory of love you. Now all you should do is go out and find him yourself. You don't want to find him yourself. I'll help you. I promise. So today's love you love story, and I've, I've we've been on a run here in love you. I got a I got a engagement party invitation today. I got a pregnancy announcement today. But this is because I wrote this a couple weeks ago. I'll share it with you right now. Today's love you love story comes courtesy of Emily. She writes, "You will love the ending to this incredible fairy tale." Last week connected, I'd been laid off from my wonderful job after 17 great years, including five in London. I was just five months into what I knew at the time was a wonderful relationship. I then had to move back to the U.S. and was recruited for a dream job in Florida. He wanted me, her boyfriend wanted me to find the right final job and committed that he would follow me wherever that might be. At 59 and 63, I wasn't sure this was really going to happen, but I had no choice. He hadn't asked me to marry him and I had to get on with my life. I just continued to be me and enjoy the time with him. We'd been together just over a year and I listened to your podcast. Two years minimum especially at this stage in life, is what I tell people before getting married. I had never married as much as I had longed for it. So 59 never married, and I longed for it, but I knew this was the most incredibly supportive partner, and together we would make it work for us. Well, the next chapter became even a stronger love, a deeper commitment, and six months together in sunny Boca Raton, we'd never been happier. All that had gone ahead in the past two years, pandemic, opened, up, opened us up to this new chapter. And this spring, he completely surprised me with a beautiful proposal and gorgeous ring that I had no idea was in the works. He is my dream guy and my dream future on so many levels, and I never would have made it to this place in life without Love You. Your counsel, belief in this process, and your wonderful tools that work just as you promise as they will. We are going to celebrate my 60th with his large Irish family coming from London and my family coming from all parts of the U.S. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's a beautiful ending. And now on to a new book, Much Love, Emily. You see why I do this job, right? Before we go here today, it is the last reminder 
that the doors of Believe in Love boot camp are closing tonight. If you are sick of dating, relationships, men, swiping, texting, hooking up, ghosting, and you're like, I don't know I could persevere any longer, Believe in Love boot camp is your fast-acting solution. It's a one-day intensive. It's Saturday, August 5th. It's going to get you unstuck. All you got to do is go to evanmarkatz.com forward slash bootcamp and enroll, and I will see you there and hold your hand through this process so you can be in action instead of just listening to podcasts, which are really wonderful. I mean, come on. These are wonderful podcasts, but learning and executing what you're learning are two very different things, and I want to help you get the love you deserve not just become an expert on what makes for a happy relationship. So my name is Evan Mark Katz. Uh, this has been the Love You Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, make sure you subscribe uh, on Apple, on YouTube. Ring the bell on YouTube if you want to see more content as it comes out. Leave a review on Apple. Share this with someone who needs it. Uh, I think today was a good podcast. I'm not really a good measure. To be fair, I'm not objective. But if you enjoy this, share the Love You podcast with someone that you love who might need some inspiration and hope and guidance. And if you've been listening long enough to this, what would seem to be common sense wisdom that eludes a lot of people, and you hear these small wins and you hear these love stories and you say, I want that. I want that to be my love story. Go to evanmarkkatz.com forward slash apply. Listen to a short video on how to fix your broken man picker. Fill out my application and I will give you a custom recommendation on how you can get the love that you richly deserve after all this time on this planet Earth, carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders by yourself. You don't need to. There are men out there who don't know you exist, who really want to take care of you if you let them. Thanks so much for your time. I love you. I appreciate you, and I'll see you soon. Are you the woman who has everything except a man? You can have the relationship of your dreams and you don't have to change to get it. In Love You, you will gain confidence, let go of unhealthy relationship patterns, learn to trust your judgment, understand and attract quality men, assess long-term compatibility, and create a passionate, unconditionally loving relationship with a partner who puts you first, never lets you down, and always makes you feel safe, heard, and understood. Go to www.evanmarkcats.com and click on the Apply for Coaching button to get started.